everyone and welcome to episode 8 of the Pocket of Wisdom podcast on King Canvas. On this podcast, I like to invite people from different walks of life to share their wisdom and what God is doing in their lives. And today, I'm really excited because I have a special guest here with me and I'm blessed to call him my church mate. He is Andrew Ng. So Andrew, would you do us the honors of introducing yourself? Hi Deborah. so happy to be here. Hello everyone who is tuning in. Uh, first off, thanks Deborah for having me in the Pocket of Wisdom podcast. So likewise, it was a blessing to have you in the Word for Work podcast. So it's really nice to see it come full circle. Yeah. Um, to the listeners and viewers, uh, I'm Andrew and I'm an IT analyst by day. By night, I like to explore the creative side, so like visual arts, photography. And apart from that, I host a podcast together with my uni mate, who's also my current work colleague in the Word for Work podcast. So throughout my life, I've been a Christian, not a perfect Christian, but you no, know, just thankful for a God that never gives up on me and always draws me back to Him. And uh, as a Christian, I've been serving in church ever since I was little. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah, amen. And as you can tell by now, Andrew is a multi-talented man. <laughs> Apart from his day job, he has a podcast uh, called Word for Work. And um, he also enjoys doing photography and he serves faithfully in our church, in the worship ministry and video ministry. But above all that, right, Andrew, I really do say this um, sincerely, that through the years of working with you, the one thing that I've admired most about you is your hard work, your dedication, and the joyful spirit you carry whenever you show up to serve. And that really shows your genuine love to serve the Lord. Yeah. And oh, thanks. Likewise. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that. I really, really do mm. mean that. And that is also one of the reasons why I wanted to discuss uh, today's topic with you, which is about mm. serving in church and burning out. Now, mm-hmm. one of the reasons uh, why I thought about discussing about this is because I think we are going through a really unique time where the church is looking for new recruits, for new ministries. But at the same time, upon being a part of different discussions with different groups of people, I'm also hearing that people are burnt out. They are talking about being tired and that they just want to quit, they want to stop, they want to take a break. So I thought that it would be interesting to you know, have this conversation together with you so that we can share um, our experiences and our thoughts about this as well. So, in order to kickstart this discussion, uh, Andrew, do you remember your first experience serving in church? Ah, okay. My first experience serving, I remember it was in the old church building in Desan Malawati. So before we moved to our current location in Batu Case, so we used to have three services. So it was an 8 a.m., 10 a.m., and another one in the afternoon, if I'm if not mistaken. I'm trying to recall from my child memory. But I remember this vividly. So my family would attend the 8 a.m. service, and we have the habit of arriving to church earlier. So although this is a good practice, but it was horrible to me as a kid. I hear you. Because number one... <laughs> 
you have to wake up early just like it's normal school day. So mm. that's bad. Yeah. <laughs> and number two. So although in Sunday schools it's great that they give opportunities for kids to surf, right? But they don't have these uh scheduled duty rosters for kids. So what happens is that the teacher would choose the kids that arrive earlier to surf. So what happens is that the teacher would you know, mostly pick, uh, from my side, my case, quite a number of times I was also chosen to be, you know, like right. the usher. And then you might say, you know, what's the big deal of being an usher? So, well, you know, I'm okay with uh, greeting other kids or collecting offerings, but I had a serious fear, which is stage fright. Mm. And the worst thing would be when the teacher asks you to pray for the offering on stage. Oh man! So I would get <laughs> super nervous, but would also do it anyway because the teacher will be there beside you, and will whisper to you on what to pray. But my favorite thing to serve in when I was a kid was being the projectionist. Mm. So before we had these LED projectors, we used this machine called the OHP. So oh, you yes. put the transparent document or song lyrics on this machine. Yeah. And uh, you can, it's actually quite uh, interesting and fascinating to me as a kid. So growing up, uh, when I transitioned also to the youth ministry, the first thing that I signed up for uh, was surprisingly not the projectionist first, but actually as an usher. And I never ah. regretted that decision. So yeah. it was like a great honor to uh, host and greet people into service, which I very much miss right now. So. Yeah. The physical interactions mm -hmm. But of course uh, Safety is very much Important And thankfully We have technology That allows us To still be connected uh, So yeah That's my first uh, Experiences in serving Yeah Oh my gosh That is so cute And you know As you were sharing It reminded me of The first time I came to Our church uh, Metro Which is also back in Desa Malawati time And I remember the first time I entered Kingsgate, I was so scared because um, it was really active in, in a good way, in a good way. You know, during praise and worship time, there will be people doing actions and everything. But I was a very shy child and so I felt um, really pressured when the teachers around me would keep encouraging me, you know, put up your hands, do the actions and stuff like that. And I remember yep. on my first day, I was so scared that I just pulled like my brother together with me. We just came out and we just ran upstairs to where the adult service is going on. And I just mm -hmm. hid there together with my parents. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that was my first experience. Um, but nonetheless, after that, I grew comfortable. And honestly, Kingscape was such a great experience. So, mm. yeah, and it's so nice to hear um, that you had a, such an early experience serving as well. So, Andrew, in your understanding, um, what does serving God mean to you? Uh, first off, right, um, the most important part that we have to lay down is that we're saved by grace through faith and not by works. Amen. In Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9, it tells us that salvation is not earned, but it is a gift from God. Then the question will come in, no, why then do we need to serve? Mm. Why do we need to do good works when we are already saved, right? Mm. So the Bible actually has an answer to that. And uh, if we read and we continue to verse 10, so Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says that, for we are his workmanship, created mm. in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
So verse 10 shows us that God saves us not merely to save us from the wrath that we rightfully deserve, but also to make something beautiful out of us. It talks about God's love that transforms our lives out from our own nature. Mm. So being a workmanship, we showcase, uh, so being God's workmanship, we showcase a transformed life through good works like serving. So for me, serving God is an opportunity for me to bring glory to His name and to tell God, you know, Lord, use me with the little that I am for Mm. your kingdom's cause. So that's what serving God means to me. Yeah, I love that you shared that, Andrew. That is a great place for us to start. And yeah, that you reminded us, you know, we are ultimately saved by grace through faith, not of works that we should boast, not because of anything uh, we have done. And in mm-hmm. Romans 12, verse 1 to 2, uh, we are also reminded that we do not serve to obtain God's mercy, but rather Paul urges us to serve by his mercies because he has already given it to us. And you know what's interesting, Andrew? I tried to search up the word serve and I realized that the, the root Hebrew word for serve is called avad and it actually means serve, work and worship. This means that mm. serving, work and worship is really all intertwined. And so, as an individual, the first thing that I would ask myself is, who do I serve? Because we all serve who or what we love, whether we realize it or not. And to find out uh, who or what we serve, we just need to find out where our treasure is, right? So if I treasure money, then I'll serve whatever it takes to give me that. Or if I treasure, Mm. um, I don't know, you know, attention, let's say, social media attention at all, then I'll serve people and the algorithm to give it what it wants so that I can get the attention, right? So Mm. if I love God, then I would want to know Him and get to know His Word. And in doing so, right, I think most of us, we realize how much He loves us so fiercely, deeply, and how He sent His Son down not to be served, but to serve and give his life as mm-hmm. ransom for many. And it is out of that realization that we serve him that so that others may get the opportunity to know our amazing God as well. And I truly, truly believe that serving God is seeking first and investing into the kingdom of God wherever we are at which means it's not only confined Amen. to the four walls of the church. Yeah, so having shared all this, right, Andrew, I'm wondering, um, have, you have, any, have you had any personal experience of burnout or you, feel, you felt like you're heading towards a burnout? And there's mm. also a statement that I think personally I've heard quite often, which is if you love God, you won't burn out. So what are your thoughts on this statement as well? Hmm. Um, actually, that's a very uh, thought-provoking question. And maybe before I answer that, uh, I would like to say that as humans, even for myself, we all definitely will experience uh, or face similar situations of burnouts in our lives. Mm. And uh, I'm no psychologist or expert in human behavior, 
But when we talk about burnouts, it speaks about our human limitations. Yeah. Where we are hitting our limits, and it also kind of portrays uh, self-reliance. Mm. And to answer your question, if you love God, you won't burn out. For me, I'm, I'm actually in the middle ground for this, where it's a yes and no. Mm. So I would first touch on the burning out even when you love God. So there are cases where we really love God, started on the right foot, mm. but our intention starts to change midway. So mm. where instead of having the right intention to serve God and to please God, we start to do ministry and to serve God, but to please people. Mm. And from there, whenever we are reached out or requested to serve or volunteer for something, we would say yes to it, not just because we don't want to let people down or to gain the person's approval. Yeah. And you know, things start to pile up. So burnout doesn't happen overnight, but over a period of time yeah. where we are relying on our human strength. But human strength is just that limited. So inevitably, we face burnouts. Mm. But there is also another side to this spectrum where we can love God, serve Him, and not burn out as long as we serve with the right intention. Mm. And our source of strength is from Him and not us. Amen. And also learning to decline or say no when we're hitting our capacity. Mm. But, you know, it doesn't mean that uh, let me take a break from ministry and God and yeah. do my own relaxation activities. Mm. No, although hobbies and, and activities that helps you to relax are not bad, but taking away f- or taking a break away from God is. Yeah. So when we decline to serve and because we want to find rest, the best place to find rest is in Him. Yeah. So really setting a dedicated time to just dwell in His grace and mercy, mm. knowing that we do not serve to peace men but God. So ultimately, God loves us. And as His children, we're not given tasks that is a burden for us, yeah. but to grow our relationship with Him and make us more Christ-like. Amen. Amen. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, Andrew. And I resonate um, so much with what you have said. And just like you, I, I understand the heart behind that statement. If you love God, you won't burn out. Because they always say, you know, if you love what you do, you will never work a day in your life, right? And that's true. You know, passionate people, they can just go on and on and on. And sometimes they feel like they don't need to stop. But let me just uh, also share with you a story of my personal experience. When I was in college, um, I was really active in serving in church. And it was good. I loved serving. And I can say it before God that I really did do my best to serve wholeheartedly. But because I'm the type of person who tends to challenge myself a lot, there are times where I was so tired. And, you know, a part of me wanted to say, no to things but the other part of me would motivate myself and say you know don't be weak don't give in to the flesh God's grace will empower you and learn to lean on God's strength and trust me these statements are absolutely true because when we do God's work right there is no doubt that he will show up in Matthew 28 uh Jesus said, right, go forth and make disciples of all nations and I will be with you. And he stays true to his word. You know, he has Mm. always, always showed up whenever I uh, avail myself to serve. However, something happened to me 
that gave me a wake-up call. So there was once um, I was driving home from college and I got into a car accident. And the cause of this car accident is that I fell asleep on the road. <laughs> um, so what happened was, all I knew was I was just driving and then suddenly lights out. I don't know for how long, bam, I just banged into the car in front of me. And Ooh. yeah, long story short, um, when I came home, obviously I was very scared because at that time still just beginning to drive car and all, right? Mm. Uh, my mom was very nice. Uh, she told me, she sat me down and she said, I'm not mad at you. I'm very thankful that you are safe, but I am not okay with the fact that you, the reason you got into a car accident is because you were tired. It's because you fell asleep, not because you accidentally uh, press something wrong, you know, it's because you were too tired. She convicted me by saying, you always say you know how to take care of yourself, but are you so sure about that? And she was right. Because at that point, right, <laughs> I knew there were many, okay, several occasions where I was falling asleep on the road. And uh, even at this point, right, I really have to thank God for His protection over me over the years. And when this happened, I really had to take the matter back to God. And that's when I learned uh, the importance of rest. Mm. Now, does this mean that we only serve God when we are able and when we, when we feel it's right or when, it, when we want to fit God into our schedule? No. I absolutely believe that we should always be stepping out of our comfort zone. In fact, following God would require us to step out of our comfort zone. And I absolutely believe that we should give our best, the best that we got, because we're not just serving anyone. We're serving mm -hmm. the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, you know. And having said all this, I still believe that we need to understand Rest is part of God's design and rest is God's idea. And mm -hmm. also, busyness for God does not equal faithfulness. Obedience does. God wants our obedience. He doesn't want us to aimlessly, you know, keep ourselves busy just to feel, just to feel good and hardworking, you know. Um, he wants our obedience. So at times, He wants us to serve. At times, He wants us to rest with Him. Right? As you have so wisely said, Andrew, uh, when we incorporate uh, resting in God as part of our routine, we won't be tempted to rest away from God. And, you know, as you said, you know, uh, resting in God can be resting with Him in whatever activities we do. Because once we become a Christian, we are never alone, right? We are, we are always with God. And whatever we do, even if we play our games, we want to watch our shows, we want to do anything at all, we do it with the awareness of the Holy Spirit inside of us. So I truly believe that we can rest with God in the other activities that we do with the family that we're with. I think that um, a part of your quiet time, of your secret place where you spend time just in the Word, which is absolutely crucial, the other activities you do, you can absolutely incorporate God in it. In fact, I, I've learned to practice that um, as a Christian myself as well. 
So, Amen. with this being said, right, Andrew, I'd like to hear from you. I hope the pastors won't scold me if they hear this, but <laughs> can we say no to pastors? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I would say it draws back to uh, our intentions again. So, mm. whether are we doing it just to please the pastor or is it really mm. with the right mindset that it is to glorify God? So, mm. before we say yes and no, I think the best thing to do is pray about it. You no, know, ask God if this is something that you would like to serve in, that you would like to help in. You no, know, ask God to give you the strength and to be mm. committed to it. And also, at times, we know ourselves better. So, mm. where we might have a lot of things going on, so it's also a right to decline or say no. Because the worst thing would be you know, saying yes but doing it half heartedly. Absolutely, absolutely. That is so true, Andrew. And um, just like you said earlier, you know, we are here to serve people, not please people. And that is a big difference in that. And whenever, I, whenever we hear this question, uh, can we say yes or no? Or sometimes because people even feel the guilt, you know, of saying no. But I think the focus should be shift from can I say yes or no to is this where God wants me to be right now? So instead of worrying about the pastor, as you have said, Andrew, we should seek God and ask if, uh, if this is the area you want me to be. And so when we say yes to pastor, we understand that we are there to serve God. And when we say no, we can do so confidently, knowing that God wants us to focus on other areas. And knowing that as a body of Christ, we all always we are all always ready to um, step in for one another. So if Andrew, mm-hmm. you are, you need that break, let's say, and you can't serve in that moment, um, I can step up and you know serve on your, uh, in your place. Or when I'm tired, um, you can step up and serve in my place. And mm-hmm. I think the both of us can speak from experience that we are blessed with really, really great um, uh, fellow believers and friends around us that whenever we can't, someone else always steps up and to serve in that particular area. Mm. Yeah. And so, Andrew, what do you think are some of the mindsets that we shouldn't have when we are serving? Mm. A mindset that we shouldn't have when serving is a mindset that revolves around the word me or I. Um, so when we start to serve with uh, that kind of mindset, it can be very dangerous. Uh, yeah. We end up serving for human recognition or for human appreciation. Yeah. Uh, and often or not, recognition might not come and we will mm. feel upset, uh, unhappy because we feel unappreciated. And worst case, uh, we might even feel like quitting and that is uh, totally wrong. So yeah. because we are called to serve to glorify God's name and not ours, uh, mm. We should never be chasing after man's recognition. Yeah. So there's an article which I read uh, where it actually talks about the worth of something is what it is paid for. And knowing that we are paid in full by the blood of Christ determines our massive worth in God's eyes. Amen. So we are full and complete in Him and do mm. not need to chase after man's approval uh, or recognition. So this should also translate into our attitudes when we serve where it's about Him and, and not us, where we are called to serve with no joy and humility. 
Mm. Absolutely. Um, gathering from what you said, which is so important, uh, we should really eliminate the me and I um, thinking, you know, whenever we are serving. And uh, just to add to it, um, I think there is a difference between a volunteer mindset and a servant leader mindset, right? So the if let's say we come to serve with the mindset of a volunteer, we might lean towards saying, you know, this ministry is so blessed that I'm able to offer my skill sets for free and I'm offering, so I'll offer my help according to how much time I want and how much time I can. But a servant leader would acknowledge that everything they have, including their talent, including their time, is all a gift from God. And therefore, we can come before God and say, here I am, send me. And mm. it's the understanding that everything that's given to us, as you said, Andrew, is meant to glorify God. And so, as a servant leader, servant in the sense that we serve God, and leader in the sense that we act in faith according to the leadership of the Holy Spirit in us, we should all ask ourselves, how does glorifying God look like in our lives, right? And mm. so having said this, right, Andrew, you have been um, serving in church for really quite a number of years. And I would love to hear from you, like what are some of the lessons that you have learned? Mm. Um, what serving since young uh, has taught me, what I've learned from it is that uh, firstly, you don't have to be good at it to serve. But the mm. most important thing is the heart that is willing to serve and willing to learn. So mm. uh, like the miracle Jesus did with the five loaves and two fish, the mm. boy only had that little with him. But with the little that he had, anything in God's hand is much. So yeah. likewise, whatever you have, place it into God's hand and God would really use it mightily. Mm. Another thing that I learned is that we should always serve God with joy. To serve him with gladness uh, mm. It doesn't mean to be naive with our emotions Or to suppress any negativity But yeah. really relying on God And not on our own Especially in, uh, during challenging times So I like this statement by Pastor John Piper Where he says mm. that the opposite of joy is not suffering The opposite of joy is despair in suffering So we can have joy mm. even in our challenges uh, Even with our workload because we know that the truth or uh, the matter of fact is that Jesus has overcome the world and no Amen. challenges or destructive plans of the enemy is beyond the sphere of God's control. And mm. lastly for me is that knowing our time on earth is short, so we need to be good stewards and to serve Him and to glorify His name throughout our lives. Yeah, Amen, Amen, absolutely. You know, uh, as I'm hearing you share, I'm really just reminded that what a privilege it is, you know, that we can just come with what we have and God equips us. Mm. And that is really such a privilege to serve a God who is so counter-culture, you know. You know, we live in a world where we need to come with a bunch of skills at first because they can't see what we are capable of. But God, when mm -hmm. He looks at us, He sees what He has created us to be and therefore he's, He wants to take us on and equip us towards mm. the purpose and plan that He has already uh, placed for us. 
And yes. you know, just to add on to what you have shared, um, I'll share what I've learned as well, and I'll speak mm-hmm. from the context of a healthy, growing church. Healthy in the sense that the church is doing their best to be faithful to the Lord, and the church does everything in truth and love according to Scripture in a non-legalistic manner. So speaking from this context, I think every healthy growing church will face its problems. And it's absolutely not a bad thing at all. In fact, I believe it's a sign of growth. And when there's growth, there will be new problems. And where there are new problems, there will be misunderstanding. And this Mm. is when, just just as you have shared, Andrew, some people will feel unappreciated. Some people will feel overwork and some people well they will learn they will need to learn to have better conflict and resolution skills so with that right the question comes back to us what do we do when this happens right Hmm. so if we come as a mere volunteer we may respond by saying you know what i deserve better i gave so much and i didn't even get recognition i didn't get any appreciation you know what i'll find another church or another ministry that's better than i was of but as a servant leader of god i think we can learn to respond differently mm. first i think we can bring it to the lord as what you have said, Andrew, you know, we, we don't have to deny or suppress what we're experiencing. The Lord does not want us to do that because offense is the breeding ground of deception. And that's when we will make way for apathy, resentment, uh, bitterness and more to take place. So we mm-hmm. should definitely bring it to the Lord so that He can search our heart and assess the condition of our heart as well. And secondly, Amen. we should remember our why we should take a step back and remember the purpose of which we are placed there and Mm. remember who our why is for in colossians uh 3 verse 23 it says whatever you do do your work heartily as for the lord rather than men and in the bible it also says don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and as you have said, you know, God sees it and that's really all that matters. And thirdly, we can learn to initiate change one small step at a time. Mm. I think that sometimes, you know, the pain that we experience, sometimes it will bring to awareness something that perhaps can be improved. And while not everyone has the authority as a church pastor or as a church board to say, you know, today I want to announce this change so that things can be better. But as a servant leader who loves God and loves people, I think we can start to initiate the change that we want to see. And Mm. actions can slowly become habit. And when it becomes a habit, then it will slowly form a culture. So Mm. we just do our part and we leave the rest to God. And the best part about this is, right, we probably won't even get the recognition of getting, of bringing the change. And mm. most likely, the change will happen because of a collective effort. And I think it is absolutely beautiful to see an imperfect church coming together to be better, to love better, 
all for a common purpose and all for the glory of God. Amen. So, Andrew, as we um, come to a close, right? I just want to mm. say that I've learned so much from you and I'm really thankful for all that you have shared. But right now, if there's a final encouragement that you would like to share with our listeners, what would mm. you like to share? Mm-hmm. I would like to encourage every Christian, uh, firstly, you know, to serve not only in the church, but also to people around you outside of the church. Yes. Uh, to be the lighthouse in your workplace or in your mm. place of study, to really have the heart of compassion for the lost and mm. to share the gospel to those who have not known Christ yet and to glorify Him in everything that you do. And the second thing would be to live a Christ-centered life for others to mm. imitate. So just like what Paul said to Timothy, so in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, it says that be an example to the believers in word, mm. in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith. And mm. another Bible scripture from 1 Corinthians 11 verse 1, written by the Apostle Paul, he says, Imitate me, just as I also imitate Christ. Mm. So, you know, oftentimes, because of compromise and ungodliness within us, we are quick to say, don't look at me, I'm a bad person. Yeah. Look at Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, while it is true, we must ultimately look to Jesus. Mm. Every one of us should also be an example of those people who look to Jesus to yeah. be living examples that encourages one another to walk right with God. So mm. it is not that Andrew is a good example. It is not that Deborah is a good example. But mm. Andrew and Deborah who follows Jesus is the good example. Yeah. And uh, lastly, uh, I would just like to also encourage all Christians to also read the book of Revelations and to know that mm. the second coming of Jesus is real. It's a glorious yeah. thing. Yes. Uh, we need to be awake, aware, and ready for what is to come. Mm-hmm. So in Revelation 1, verse 3, it says that, Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep mm. those things which are written in it, for the time is near. So mm. to not only know what is to come, but to obey and also to abide in it. Uh, so these are my uh, parting words. That is so good, Andrew. Thank you for sharing that. And just to wrap it up, you know, for those who are listening here, if you are just entering into uh, the world of serving and you're just starting out, I encourage you to do it wholeheartedly. And even if you don't know where you want to start out, say, do it with the right heart and just go for it. And God will show up for you and lead you and for those who have been serving a long time or maybe you have um, you have spent your whole life in church even remember to rest in God remember that in your resting place that's where creativity flows that's when God speaks to you and that's when God will also uh, give you the wisdom and the strength to um, serve for His glory as well. And so Andrew, I just want to say again, I'm really thankful to have had this conversation with you and I'm really thankful that, you know, you are a model in our church that we can learn from as well. And I say this with a sincere and true heart. So to everyone who is listening, remember that 
everyone has a pocket of wisdom to offer and that includes you as well so take care have a blessed week and we will see you in the next episode bye thank you it's a pleasure bye bye